Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Cause I've been trying to hit it all week, I really like this song. I like it. I do. Yep. You guys like it? It's cute. Yeah, it's cool. There's one current song that I'm really having trouble with on our little bumper music when we come back from commercial. It'll come up today, Probably. and I'll tell you. This will be my code. Oh, that's the song I was talking about. <laughs> You're such okay. A dork. Okay. Thanks for letting us know what that was going to sound like. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's all I have for now. But I want to lead music like, news. Oh. It's time to talk music. I enjoy music with Donna Valentine. Yeah! Let me start. Come on. Okay. And Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This is the beat. This is a special edition of the beat. Yeah, Rocco, can you play the intro, please, for Taylor Swift and just you could acapella sing He Over She, please? Okay. She's forever, ever, ever, ever talking about Taylor. Taylor Swift was named Songwriter Artist of the Decade at the Nashville Songwriter Awards this week. Absolutely deserving. And she revealed that she groups her lyrics into three distinct categories. They are quill lyrics, fountain pen lyrics, and glitter gel pen lyrics. She said, quote, I came up with these categories. I actually get this, though. I think this is kind of cool. I came up with these categories based on what writing tool I imagine having in my hand when I scribbled it down figuratively. I don't actually have a quill anymore, she says. I broke it once when I was mad. Here's how she described these three <laughs> categories. So again, Taylor Swift thinks of the lyrics based on what figurative pen she would be writing the lyrics down with, okay? Okay. Quill lyrics. If the words and phrasings are antiquated, mm, if I was inspired to write it after reading Charlotte Bronte or after watching a movie where everyone is wearing poet shirts and corsets. For example, <laughs> Ivy, the song Ivy, she wrote in her head with a quill lyric or with a quill pen that's how she got the lyrics down what's a, what's a quill pen like like the, a feather pen like, like ben you stick Franklin. it in the ink and yeah then... yeah that stick I, it in i yeah. don't believe that for a second no she's not using it it's more of a figurative thing she thinks of her lyrics in those being terms by these three pens are these, is this a quill lyric song oh i see or, i see is this how it naturally happens with Taylor Swift? Whoever isn't telling the story naturally kind of calls bullcrap or I don't care. <laughs> Here, this I is know. weird. It's like a bizarro world. It's like we flipped. Here's fountain pen lyrics. Taylor Swift, when she does fountain pen lyrics, it's a modern storyline or references with a poetic twist. Taking a common phrase, flipping its meaning. The songs I categorize in this style sound like confessions, scribbled and sealed in an envelope, but too brutally honest to ever send. For example... All Too Well would be a fountain pen lyric. Hmm. Okay, okay. I'm and finally, GGP's glitter gel pen lyrics. These are frivolous, carefree, bouncy, syncopated perfectly to the beat. Glitter gen pen, nope. Mm. 
glitter gel pen lyrics. I have a tongue twister for us. Everybody remind me, please, in 30 seconds. Glitter gel pen lyrics are the drunk girl at the party who tells you that you look like an angel in the bathroom. It's what we need every once in a while in these fraught times in which we live. For example, shake it off would be a glitter gel pen lyric. Absolutely. Okay. Try to say glitter prank. What? Plural. Glitter pranks. Like if you were pulling off pranks. pranks. No, hang on, Donna. Ah! You're like the old man on the porch sometimes. (laughs) Oh, get with it, kid. I got things to do. Say glitter pranks five times fast. Ready? Go. Glitter pranks, glitter pranks, glitter yes. pranks, glitter pranks, glitter pranks. Uh, <laughs> and you, what? The Mexican city? You never went fast either. That was hard. Rocco? Glitter. Oh, I already oh, blew it. Oh, mama. Bl- would I say glitter? Glitter pranks. Glitter pranks, glitter pranks, glitter pranks, glitter pranks. That was hmm. glitter cranks. <laughs> Did he say cranks? I don't know. <laughs> I think I said anyway, fun story and fun bonus tongue twister, Steve. Thank you. That's how you get a Gracie. Mm. <laughs> we got a Mercury, bro. What's a Mercury? Isn't That's that a like, commercial award, right? No, isn't that like? Oh no, what's the what's the big award we got? No, we didn't get it. Uh, we got the uh, the Marconi. Marconi. I knew it had an M and an yeah. E in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, you guys. Yes, Tim McGraw made the sweetest post to his wife, Faith Hill, on her 55th birthday. He wrote her a poem, and then he put a montage of music and pictures together of her and them through the years. It's so sweet. Will you link it up for everybody? Maybe. There it is. Okay, there wait you go. a minute. I thought you didn't like public proclamations from one spouse to the other on social media. I kind of like this one. That you're giving... No, it's say, wishing your honey a happy birthday. It, like, he's not saying happy birthday, Faith. He's 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 showing gratitude for happy... her. Here's what it says. Happy birthday, my best friend, my soulmate, the love of my life. I can't believe that I get to spend my days and nights with you for the rest of my life. You are such a remarkable person, and our three daughters could not have a better role model. We love you, baby. Isn't that sweet? It is sweet. It is. Remember the time Faith Hill went off on uh, a fan for grabbing Tim's nether region? Oh, no, but that's a reasonable reason. Well, Rocco, do you want to click on that link there and we can relive the moment? Um, Sure, this is... Oh, I see it. It's a TMZ thing. Okay. Oh, I got a hit. Nice. Okay, so Tim walks off the stage because he's mad. You don't go grab somebody's somebody's husband's balls. And then she goes, here we go. Yeah, she's doing it right on the beat. That isn't respectful. And then she goes, here we go. And I love that the electric guitar in the background is still like, hey, this is my moment where they said I could do the lift. She goes down into the audience, I think. Oh, no, she doesn't. But she's like looking right at the the woman and just sticking her finger in her face. It was great. Thank you. Nice. All right. Bye now. Um, 
Oh, also, Katy Perry is saying she's not going to hire a full-time nanny. I like what she had to say about that. Now, I only read what she had to say. Rocco, can you... Of course. Let's pull this up. Let's Let's listen to Katy Perry's thoughts on... I have a wonderful nanny, but I don't have a full-time nanny because I feel like if I had a full-time nanny, then I would never be able to know how to, like, care for my daughter. Right. Like, I'm meant to. And so, therefore, any day I get off, I'm just, like, in mom mode, like... Yes, I'm doing mom mode today, and my sister tapped in to do some Play-Doh while we're having a little chat. We're, like, (laughs) super blessed, and I'm so grateful, but I also, you know, like, want to participate. There you go. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that she says how, you know, how would I even know how to care for her if I didn't get to care for her? Yeah, right. Thanks, man. That was deep. Bro, I feel like we just all kind of got closer just now. <laughs> I'm coming hey, over to give you guys a hug. No, okay. how's all Rocco's right. mood today? Better. Okay. Better. Well, that's not so Oh, much. yeah. I feel good. Uh, yesterday's PDD meeting uh, re-energized me. It was yeah, great. Bro. Especially the delicious food they had at our location. Yeah, it's so good. Mm, really good. At our no. special location. Thanks oh, for yeah. buying that for you me. You wouldn't even realize you're welcome that it would be that good. Wait, so you mean the food that ended up in your stomach? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to not tell All right, you. when we come back. Um, food is actually. Sort of, right? Well, Yes. Here's Can a question you that... eat your shoes? <laughs> Steve's going to have the way. answer. We'll let that hang. Can you eat your shoes? This specific <laughs> brand. We will tell you next. The pres- Hello, good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Where talk is fun. Right, Steve? <laughs> oh, there you see. There's the fun right there Word. in his voice. All right, here. I'm just going to do this. Welcome to Donna and Steve's. Can I interest you in some food news today? Yummy! If you were wearing Crocs in a survival situation, could you eat them? It's a real question that people have been asking online. What? Why? Why would that even be a thing to ask? Plenty of people claim that it's true you can. So a writer for Vice looked into it. The basic claim is they're made of a non-toxic material. So if you had to, you could eat them to stay alive. The material is called, and I don't like this, Crosslite. Is that where they get Crocs from? Cross, cross, C-R-O-S-L-I-T-E. Crosslite, it's 98% feedstock. Feedstock. What? It's a a plant-based substance made out of things like straw. So, you know, if you break it down that way, you're thinking, eh, you could probably eat it, I guess. The writer of the Vice article looking into what the claim of whether or not you could eat your Crocs clarified that just because something's non-toxic doesn't mean it's edible. We probably don't have the right enzymes to break it down, so it could lead to some pretty serious digestive issues like mm, diarrhea and constipation. My two-and-a-half-year-old was just recently constipated. Aww. And even you, a... Donna. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my face. <laughs> it looked like you were working on something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so out of control. <laughs> or even a bowel blockage. Okay, we it could get lead it. To. 
even if it didn't break down, there's almost no nutritional, excuse me, even if it did break down, there's almost no nutritional value in feedstock. So there's a better chance of it killing you than keeping you alive. By the way, a handful of people actually have tried this, and as far as we know, no one's ever died. But that doesn't mean it's safe. There's a kid in St. Louis who took a steak-sized bite of a crock back in 2016 and wrote a story about it for his school paper. He boiled a crock. Donna, you that's your favorite style of cooking. He boiled a crock okay. to soften it up, cut a piece off, dipped it in sriracha, <laughs> And said it didn't actually taste that bad. It was tough to chew, though. So he had to swallow the piece whole, and he could feel it lingering in his throat for hours. Ew. The Crocs people have an official statement on this. They say, we have a very straightforward stance on this topic. Regardless of the material makeup, for no reason do we recommend eating Crocs shoes. They are for wearing purposes only. And just the fact that there was... A lawyer on payroll at Crocs who had to sit down and write that formal position is great. The fact that we are talking about it on the radio. Donna, what do you think? We're encouraging it? People are going to go start gnawing on their ugly shoes? (laughs) No, they're not ugly. They look cool. No, they're ugly. Donna. They are very ugly. Didn't they, Crocs try to do something recently within the last five, ten years where instead of just the not good looking one, the rubber clog, they had different ones like slip ons, kind of like a Vans style yes, and stuff and like that. Yes, and a heel. They put a heel on one. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Who are you wearing? That's funny. Walmart. <laughs> funny. I've never had Crocs, though, so maybe I shouldn't judge them. Apparently, they're really comfortable. My boy is into the Crocs. Really? Mm-hmm. I do kind of like that you could get little decorations to put on them, right? Like yeah. little accessories, like charms, which is kind of cute. But the shoe itself, very unattractive. Thank you. Also, that was technically supposed to be food news, so I want to make sure that we get our bonus for talking about food. <laughs> oh, sure. So that okay. was food news. All right. And here is continued food news. Have you ever tried a pickle sandwich? No, but I've tried the pickled pizza, which was delicious. Oh, I bet pickles on a pizza would be probably it's good. Not, it's not what you think. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Thank. Oh. So the pickled pizza at the from Rick's Pizza at the State Fair. Okay. It's not a red sauce. It's like a ranch thing with pickles and dill, and it was the best thing at the fair this year. Is Rick's Pizza right next to Al's Vacuums? <laughs> <laughs> Rocco, where is it? Where's Rick's Pizza in real life? Yeah. Other than the fair? I guess I have no idea. Don't you get pickled pizza somewhere in your I, neighborhood? No, the only time I've had a pickled pizza is up on the Gunflint Trail at the Poplar House, but oh. I, I believe there's a... Um, I don't know where Rick's Pizza is. I don't know if I've ever really had Rick's Pizza. What is this? I guess not. 
I don't know, guys. Okay, I did find what an article. Where to find pickled pizzas special? in the Twin Cities? Young Joni has one. Young Joni. Listen to this. Secret Sauce Ranch, Thai Chili Pickles, and Old Dutch Potato Chips. Whoa. Mm. The pickle sandwich is this. There's an article about it on Lifehacker saying the pickle sandwich deserves your respect. Toasted bread on top, and then you get like a sharp cheese. Like, let's say, sharp shadar, sharp cheddar. <laughs> and then you've got a loaded up with sliced pickles. Loaded up. Then more bread. Think of like a club sandwich. So toasted bread, sharp cheddar, pickles. Toasted bread, sharp cheddar, pickles. There's also some kind of like mayo thing that you can do if you kind of want to spice it up. But I'm looking looking at this sandwich, and I kind of get how that would be great, right? The toasted bread, a little crunch there, and then the saltiness, like that briny situation happening with the pickle, and then sharp cheddar. I mean, the sharper the cheese. Oh, gosh, I love cheese. (laughs) I just wish I could eat some right now. Go full-blown ratatouille on that. You are home. You could go get a piece right now. I don't know. I don't know if we have cheese toast. All right. Um, When we come back, we'll play a game. And the winner gets a My Talk block of cheese. 651-641-1071. It's the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. You can bet on me or Donna. Bet on the right person. You win a prize. That's next. And we will all clap you to break. Let's do it, guys. Clap, clap. Beautiful. Love it. Hey, good morning. We're back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. We got DJ Rock Lobster in the Ta-da. house. And we're going to play a little game. It's time to go to college. College, college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host. DJ Rock Lobster. Lobster. I want to see how smart you are. I do want to see how smart you are. I had a ton of things to choose from today. I mean, uh, it's like National uh, Ice Cream Cone Day. It's like National Centenarians Day. It's National Legwear Day. Mm. It's Elephant Appreciation Day. I mean, I had a lot to choose from. Bro. Here's what I went with. It is American Business Women's Day. I decided to look up right, some huh? movies and TV shows that are about business women, women in the oh. business world. Dolly Parton, 9 to 5. Uh, that could be one of them. In fact, I did choose three movies from the 1980s. Okay, Donna, you're at an advantage here, my friend. She might be. She's needed a boost. Uh, and perhaps Thanks for Katie on line one could be that boost. Okay. Hey, Katie, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. You sound like you're en route. Where are you headed? Aaron. Yeah, don't Boy, be People so... are always so coy when I ask them these questions. Like, what? tell me one errand that you're going to run, Katie. Well, maybe I'm going to go to Target. Okay. Well, just chill out about it then. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> sorry. People don't necessarily want everyone to know. What do you yeah. mean? Their whereabouts, and this is why I don't do social media. I want people oh. knowing what I'm doing. What if Katie's friends are listening and they find out that she's going to Target? What do you think they're going to drop what they're doing and then suddenly you hear squealing tires as they Maybe head to Target? Maybe she told somebody she was somewhere else. Oh, so this you're covering up for potential <laughs> lies. Okay, Dateline, <laughs> Katie. 
Do you want to team up with your fellow criminal Donna Valentine or Stevie Boy? Uh, let's go, Deval. Yes. Come on, Katie. Yes! Was it because? Oh. Thank you, Katie. All right, whatever. He was way too wholesome for me. <laughs> what are you guys going to go graffiti something later? I'm out of here. I'm going to go All pray right. for you guys. Call me when you're done. Bye, Bye now. Okay, see ya. Okay. All right. Katie's on hold. She's not quite to Target yet. Um, you ready, Donna? These are uh, 80s movies about business women to celebrate American Business Women's Day. Okay. Business Women's Day. Did I say that right? I don't know. I don't know. Ready? Sure. Let's start with this one. Two of the female leads in 1989's Working Girl mm-hmm. won Golden Globes for acting. Can you name one of them? Melanie Griffin. Melanie Griffith. Can you name the Woody Allen muse and frequent co-star who played a management consultant in 1987's Baby Boom? Oh, gosh. I don't even know what that is. Uh, how about Muriel Hemingway? Okay. Terry Garr played a businesswoman in 1983's Mr. Mom, who played the stay-at-home dad. Oh, no. Dustin Hoffman. And the second one, Mariel? Mariel? Let's talk to to Katie. Katie, Katie, I don't know about this one. I feel like... Donna. Donna, you're wrong. Okay, great. I I got you. Okay. All right, the second one is Diane Keaton. Perfect. That's the baby boom one, right? That is correct. I mean, that's the question. <laughs> and okay, then, and number you... three is yeah. Michael Keaton. Mm. I love it. Yes. Okay, great. Now I remember the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, um, let's wave at Stevie Boy. Okay, Thanks Steve's coming in. Job, Don't Katie. say anything else, Katie. All right, thank you. All right. Hey, Steve, how are you? Amen. All right, good. Good, good. All right, we are celebrating American Business Women Day. Women's Day. There's an apostrophe in it, sorry. I've picked uh, three movies. They all happen to be from the 80s about uh, women in business, and now I'm going to quiz you on them, Steve. I'm going to do terribly. Probably. The 80s are kind of before your time, plus you hate working women. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we'll see. Ready? <laughs> yes, ready. We'll start with this one. Uh, two of the female leads in 1989's Working Girl won Golden Globes for acting. Can you name one of them? Meryl Streep. Can you name the Woody Allen muse and frequent co-star who played a management consultant in 1987's Baby Boom? Lily Tomlin. And Terry Garr played a businesswoman in 1983's Mr. Mom, who plays the stay-at-home dad. Terry Bollea? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's bring Katie back, because we got to get her T-shirt size and mailing address, because <laughs> yeah! she won! Woo-hoo! Those were kind of tough for somebody who wasn't around in the 80s, but uh, I think Katie was, because she nailed a couple of these. Number one, we could have gone with Sigourney Weaver or Melanie Griffith. Mm. Okay. Number two, with a Woody Allen muse and frequent co-star, was Diane Keaton. Yes. Mm. And uh, in Mr. Mom, it was Michael Keaton. Wow, two Keatons today. Wow, and Terry Garr. Where's she been? She's all right. I believe she has MS, so I think she's sort of semi-retired. She was so 
great. She was, she was such best. a great guest on Carson. Mm. Very funny. So funny okay. and so cute. Yes. Um, but yes, I believe she's sort of uh, semi-retired. I see. Okay. Of that. Good job, but, Katie. Uh, Thank you. I congratulations. Too. What are you going to? <laughs> you going to buy some smokes at Target? No smokes and no cheese. <laughs> oh man then what do you even go to target for it is great oh man all right well listen thank you so much for listening we love you and we'll never stop loving you okay right thank back you katie you. Okay, okay bye okay um i have a confession to make this is her confession and it's not for any reason i almost never go to target i feel like that fits your narrative <laughs> No one, no one just listened to their radio and went, <gasps> yeah, where do you go? Probably not many places. <laughs> well, you know, I go to Target, though, Donna, because so funny. Our, we, we grocery shop at Target a lot. It's Target Cub. They're right next to each other, oh, more yeah. or less. And then we're getting, you know, little clothes for kids, right. shoes, school supplies. So we have maybe more of a persistent need to be in there. Uh, where do you go? For what? <laughs> Stuff that's at Target. At Costco? Cub? Oh, that's, yeah. yeah I don't go to Target for clothes. Not for any reason. It's not, I'm, I love Target. I don't like what they did with the layout of the stores, but um, they're great. I just have their, no reason. Their new Ulta Beauty counter situation that they have? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, just very recently. That's all. Bye I now. Will, all right, go ahead. I'll just say this. They're some of my favorite crew neck sweatshirts that I've ever purchased. Hmm. Came from Target last fall, and they were like 10 bucks each, and I love them. And Donna, just like you say, I do, I got a gray one, I got a yellow one, hmm. and I got a green one. Because you once said, and you might not even remember saying this, you said it on the air. You strike me as the kind of person when once you like one thing that you just get a whole bunch of them in different colors. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> and I am. <laughs> and I was right. Yes, you were. That is amazing. All right. Do you want a quick tip? I'd love it. All right. Here it comes. Time for a tip. That was a quick one. Oh, wow. oh okay. <laughs> wow. I was like, wow. I was getting ready to sing the whole thing. All right. There's a hack for making your cold butter instantly spreadable. I like it. Let's hear it. Can we play the actual person on this TikTok video explaining it? Oh, a yeah, TikTok yeah. tip. I see. Uh, TikTok link. Thursday? Sure. Uh oh. We'll, we'll All right. It. I've got it lined up here. You ready? Yes. Here goes. Show me the life hack that you randomly saw one day that is now an unconscious standard practice in your life. I'll go first. Okay, well, they just, that oh. was a really great video, Donna. <laughs> okay, so, so. <laughs> the, the whole time she's doing the hack, which is. Instead of using a knife, you use a handheld strainer. And in the video, they use, you know, real tight metal mesh. Okay. So a fine mesh strainer, not a plastic one. And then if you drag the bottom of it across. A cold stick of butter, the butter comes through the top and collects there. So is this essentially like shredded butter? Yes. In mm-hmm. may I ask a follow-up question? Mm-hmm. I know they're frowned upon, but it begs for one. Sure. 
in which situation would one use this hack? Well, if you had cold well, butter, you, you want to put fridge. it on your toast or put it on and your you bread And you don't want to rip your toast. Okay, so this is a toaster. So you just grind a little bit, grate a little bit, it sprinkles down onto your toast, and it's now spreadable. Correct. Mm-hmm. You're very smart. (laughs) It's a very smart thing. So you put the bottom of the handheld strainer, you drag it across, and it almost looks like string string cheese or shredded cheese, but it's butter. It's amazing. I have one of those handheld things. For a five-year stretch in my life, I used spray butter. I did that as well, and then I realized I was eating chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. But, wow, let's talk about convenience. Wait, you use spray butter on what? Like, like toast. toast. Okay, that's not good. Like no. potatoes. Boom, done. Oh, my gosh, yes, potatoes, queen. <laughs> but like noodles. Isn't spray butter just supposed to line, like, your pans and... No, not Pam. Not, not like, like baking that. spray. No, this like was actually plastic. It comes in a plastic bottle and like a spray. Oh, like a spritzer. Like I can't a... believe it's not butter in a yellow yes. tube. Like, you got okay. it. Yeah, we've used that in the Boundary Waters, but never really in real life. Also, I haven't seen Country Crock in a while, and I remember really loving it. And I don't think that stuff ever got hard. Really, it's probably because it doesn't have chemicals, or because it does have chemicals. Excuse me. Remember Country Crock? Mm-hmm. Sure. Was that is that butter? Maybe that's not butter. It's, it's I think it's butter. like, I can't believe it's not butter, butter. You know what they should, instead What's, of I can't believe it's not butter, shouldn't it have just been called it's not butter? <laughs> yes. We could have shortened that. It sounds like you were involved in the naming process. Unbelievable. <laughs> Do you remember back in the 70s and 80s, down to those parquet commercials? I mean, yes. we lived in a... We lived in a time of amazing fake butter commercials. Okay. And then there was the Fabio for I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Oh, my God. That was great, too. What a, what a journey it's been. It's been quite the journey. Thanks. Um, is it real butter or margarine? Um, the product is a spread, Country Crock. It's a spread, a term for vegetable oil products that didn't meet the standards of margarine, which didn't meet the standard for butter. So to be clear, it goes butter, then it goes margarine, then it goes spread which didn't even pass the test. Like, wow. it didn't even get its GED. Like, it, it, it fully flunked out <laughs> of butter school. Are you guys salted butter people or an unsalted mm. butter? I never I know which one to choose. I'm the same way. Sometimes I buy one, sometimes... I know. Every time I buy the salted one, I think my wife is going to frown on me, but I still buy it. I think... Well, I just asked this question recently. I think we're salt, a salted butter family, and I think a lot. I think a lot of baking recipes call for the salted butter. I don't you know. You could do anything. lightly salted. All right. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> they always are. That was great. Hey, y'all. Last thing. What? I like individually wrapped in the gold package that kind of spread for a roll at a restaurant. Well, that's good because that's all they offer. <laughs> you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna take a walk right, you take a walk when we come back jeopardy is thinking about making a pretty interesting change we'll see if you like it or dislike it we'll be right back good morning welcome back to the donna and steve show on my talk 1071 everything entertainment Ooh. i guess one of the greatest feats a Jeopardy contestant can accomplish is like running a whole category. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. That's when you 
correctly. Top to bottom. Yeah, you just keep answering. Is yeah. it just is it a ca- just a category, right? Not a column. Just yeah, no. Well, that's the same thing. You know, the categories are categorized in columns. Oh, got it. So, like, everything in column one is going to be... Yeah, um, like, uh, red letter states for 200, right. 400, 600, and you got just go, it. you run the table. Okay. So, what they want to do is possibly give a bonus to <laughs> which I, someone says sounds like baklava. You heard it, right? I totally heard I it. I kind of heard possibly. it, Possibly. Possibly. Same thing that happened with, with Durop. Any any word that is in its ether, there's a strong gravitational pull towards Durop, and Wasselda is growing its gravitational pull as well. Continue. So they're thinking about giving a bonus to somebody who, a contestant who can do the whole category. <laughs> and people aren't liking it. Oh, yeah. Jeopardy, Jeopardy fans are, they get upset. Even Buzzy Cohen, who was like a, uh, a big champ on the show he was on this podcast with the executive producer of jeopardy i was like yeah i don't know if i love this though why i don't know it just it would just add more money to your pot yeah he's asking if it could affect gameplay strategy you know like and he i think he's suggesting don't we have it figured out kind of with jeopardy don't we not need to Make something new just for the sake of making something new. Hmm. Part of the appeal is you know what you're getting. Sometimes people like to bounce around the board. They go du- uh, daily double hunting is what they call oh, it. Oh, okay. okay. He's just asking if it would uh, yeah, affect the strategy. I get it. At all. But I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me. I want the bonus. Then give her the bonus, gang. What do you get when the daily double means you double the amount? You double the amount of whatever you want to wager. So if you hit a daily oh. double on red letter states for 1600 it doesn't mean that it's worth 3200 You now get to choose what you want to wager. And based on your confidence level in the category that you're in, sometimes people will go below the retail value, just add it, or they'll go really high. Like James Holzhauer, he would oftentimes, he would find the daily double all the time and then he would just go all in so he would wager his entire thing all of his winnings to that point on that question trusting that if i get that more than likely this game is over and if i don't i'm a strong enough player that i'll be able to run back and and make up for lost time okay i'm not a huge jeopardy watcher so if i land on the daily double Mm -hmm. this isn't the thing where final jeopardy Right? This is just the next question. Correct. So, on the Jeopardy board, if it said, instead of, you said, red letter states for 400, and then it went, to do to do to do to do and then that daily double, and then you get to choose what you want to wager on it. Okay. Based on your bank. So, however much money you have at that point. I have $1,000 right now. Then you can go all in with 1000 bucks. If you had 16000 at this point... You could say, I'm going to do $2,000, or you could say, I'm going to do $16,000. Got it. You choose. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been Steve Kind of Explains <laughs> Game Shows to Donna. Um, hey, tonight, uh, there's a special honoring Norman Lear. It's called Norman Lear, 100 Years of Music and Laughter.
Are you going to watch? I bet it's going to be great. What's it on? ABC. Because mm-hmm. it is. I remember that. You guys um, want to know. It He's is, gonna promote another show. I am. It is National Centenarians Day, and I really oh. hope um, I really hope Colleen and Bradley aren't listening. But Holly took the day off, and so I'm gonna be doing uh, trivia at 2:45. I've picked out five centenarians who, that are in pop culture, and I think one might be Norman Lear. Do you think? That the reason they're doing the special today, because Norman Lear just turned 100. I wondered about that, too. Ago. Did they specifically program it for Centenarians Day? I mean, it seems too... On the know, nose. Right. Yeah. Well, can I just remind people right now what Norman Lear is known for? Sure. I think that'd be great. All in the Family. Maud, uh-huh. starring B. Arthur. The Jeffersons. Um, he says they weren't necessarily his favorite comedies. There was a lot of yelling <laughs> and that, um, oh, also Sanford and son one day at a time. Wow. Good times. Am I right? Is that, am I right? Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of. Credit. Yeah. There's, there's a region reason he's a TV legend. Wow. His resume speaks for itself. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, um, I got to watch this. This is going to be good. It's not on until 9 o'clock, so that's bedtime, but we'll see. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Are you going to watch it? Um, I don't know. You know, the Steeler game is on tonight. Oh, sure. Thursday night football, so the, we're having some Pittsburgh friends Pittsburgh over. Hey, yeah, oh, my gosh. Hey, you enjoy watch the Steeler game. Uh, but, by the way, a listener sent me a video from the Nick Kroll show, I believe, of... Two cousins, it's a sketch, two cousins who own pawn shops, one in Philly, one in Pittsburgh. One speaks in a Philly accent the whole time, the other one speaks in a Pittsburgh accent the whole time. And they just sent it and said, this reminded me of you. It's pretty darn funny. That and if you like Murder Durder, then you get all the Murder Durder, you know, East, Mayor of Easttown, that dialect that Kate sure. Winslet brought, that Philly suburb, he and didn't... then Pittsburgh. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, wow. <laughs> wow. You're not a bad dog. You're did you like my story? Dog. What are you talking about? Yes, I did. I did. When we, I did. When we <sighs> come back, Ryan Gosling made a Halloween album. We should listen to it. Okay.